You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores and celebrates all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip, and I'm a pedal pumping content creator and foot model. You can check out my website, MimiFootnip.com, for more about me. You can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash pedalpumpingpodcast, if you'd like to contribute or hang out with a cool community of people. I want to thank my patrons, Tevin, Jim, Riker, Not a Golfer, Rayshon, Eric F., Eric J., Crinking Fan, Rocket Man, Havianas Fan, Austin, Joe, Major Dave, and Harrison. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community and supporting this podcast. And to all the listeners out there who favorite and download and do all those things to the podcast and listen every week, thank you. It's very, very appreciated. And I love how... um, I just love how we're in the third year of podcasting. This podcast has been going strong for, well, I guess we're coming up on a, maybe it's a two-year anniversary um, later this month, and we're going to be heading into our third year of podcasting. And it is just, we are still going strong. You guys are sending me emails, stories, questions. You're, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And I encourage you to continue doing so. You can email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com with your questions, fantasies, stories, ideas, anything you want to share regarding pedal pumping is very, very welcome. Uh, I have a couple of announcements. Um, So this is really exciting. One of my foot model friends is going to be visiting in April and we will be available to do uh, custom content together. So um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. So if anyone is interested in getting a custom with my friend, her name is Cute Webbies. You can find her on like all the social media. She has a free OnlyFans. Uh, and just if you search Cute Webbies, she should pop up. She's got web toes. It's very cool. Uh, and she will be Uh, visiting me in California for a limited time. So if you are interested in getting a custom, it's going to be like sort of first come, first serve. Email me and let me know and reserve your slot because we only have so much time to film together Um, because we're also going to be doing other fun stuff. (laughs) All right, you guys, let's take a quick break and then I've got emails. We'll jump right into them. All right, welcome back. We're gonna talk about nylons and other things today. So this is an email from Leo and it's titled, the subject was 1996, the thing about nylons. After the birth of our son, nothing much happened with my fetish. We were more focused on taking care of our child. It was like a break from pedal pumping. I started a new full-time job working at a commercial vehicle repair facility as a mechanic helper for both gas and diesel vehicles. Nothing much going on there as far as pedal pumping goes. It was better pay and I didn't need to work a part-time on top of a full-time to pay for the necessities. Chelsea went back to work at Sears and my mom or her mom would babysit when they could so we could go back to work. We were fortunate at the time that they could help us do so. Our schedules were pretty much the same, and she would start an hour before me, and I would finish work an hour after her. We actually found an apartment together and moved in around March that year. It was hard at first, but we managed. We were so busy working and taking care of our child, it became like an everyday routine. Work, pick up our son, get home, eat, shower, then sleep. 
It was about November that year when one morning her car didn't start. The old Corolla was beginning to show signs of its age. I tried to jumpstart it and realized it was more than a dead battery, but the timing belt might have snapped. Oh, the Corolla was dead. We had to figure out how we were going to go through our day. I had a single cab truck and no way the baby will ride with the both of us in the cab unless she drove and I sit in the bed. It was 7 a.m. and she started work at 8. I took out the baby seat and put it in my truck. I got ready for work early and she was already in her usual work outfit of a white dress collar shirt and black skirt, black pumps and tan nylons. It was planned to drop off our son to my mom's and from there to her job since it was a direct route. Now sitting in the bed of the Toyota truck is uncomfortable. The hard metal bed was ribbed and rough. The vibration of the engine and muffler was amplified by the metal bed and the noise from the exhaust was definitely a few times louder than being in the cab. I know this experience from riding the back of some other friends' trucks back in high school. I grabbed a towel from the dresser and placed it in the bed of the truck. I sat near the cab facing the back and Chelsea put our son in the baby seat. I slid open the split window of my truck and Chelsea got in the driver's seat. She kicked off her pumps to expose her stocking feet. Her red painted toenails shining through her nylons gave me a feeling I hadn't felt for a while. She looked back at me and said, what? As she smiled. Oh, oh, he's getting turned on again, she said and giggled as inserted the key into the ignition. She looked over to our son. Hey, look, daddy, look, daddy. He wants to play with mommy's feet, she said. I laughed and watched her do her thing behind the wheel. We got out the main road and I watched her feet. She would watch me through the rearview mirror like, you like that view, huh, babe? She asked. I'm loving it, I replied. I took out the towel I was sitting on to get a better feel of the truck vibrations and started to get aroused as I felt them. I felt the vibration through my balls and my butt as her toes pressed down on the accelerator, her red toes spread apart as she drove, letting off as she shifted then pressed back down. We got to my mom's and dropped off our son. She hopped back into the driver's seat and smiled. Let's go. She said, and I got in and enjoyed the show. On our way there, we talked about getting a newer used car within our budget. She wanted something sporty and compact, maybe an Acura or a Nissan. She especially wanted it to be a five-speed manual because she was tired of automatics. I got aroused by her saying that. We got to her job and dropped her off, feeling a little worked up as I asked my boss to get out early to pick up my girlfriend because of the situation. He agreed, and my plan was set. I pick up Chelsea right after work instead of making her wait over an hour. She was standing by her counter, and I snuck up from behind. As I walked up, I noticed she stood there popping her right heel out of her pump, and I would look at the bottom of her foot, how her soul wrinkled as she curled her toes in, and how her nylons looked shining under the fluorescent lighting of the store. I got up behind her and surprised her. She was happy that I got out that I got out early to get her. She didn't want to be standing around doing nothing at work off the clock. She clocked out and we headed out. I handed her the keys and let her drive. She mentioned that we can kill some time because my mom wasn't expecting us for another couple of hours. I skipped lunch and I was getting a little hungry, so we went to eat. I watched her feet again as she drove. She knew I was looking and moved her foot and toes seductively. 
Her nylons made her foot slippery on the hard plastic surface of the gas pedal. She slid her foot up and down on it while we were on the freeway. She placed her toes at the top of the gas pedal, then spread her big and second toe around the accelerator, then started sliding them down. The nylon caught on the top of the pedal, snagging as her foot slipped downwards and stretched. She stopped as she felt its tension and lifted her foot back up. She shook her right foot to quickly get the nylon free from the back of the pedal. She moved her foot a little lower and re-exerted her grip. The nylon stretched between her toes, creating a semi-invisible layer of skin. Highly aroused by her foot at this point, I told her, let's do takeout and eat at our apartment. We ended up getting McDonald's and I went to the apartment. Eating at our table, she gave me a little footsie that triggered me. I finished my sandwich, walked to the bedroom, and started to undress. I laid down at the foot of the bed, and she would enter the room, still in her outfit with her shoes off and stocking feet stinking in the carpet. Sinking in the carpet. She sat on the bed, looking at me on the floor. My erection stuck out of the opening in my boxers, and she looked at it and then looked back at me and smiled. Our eyes stay con- stayed connected, and I started to feel her nylon-covered feet. The feel of her two feet coming together and my cock between them being pumped. I looked down and she switched her left to support and with the right rub over my cock with her toes and sole. I could feel her nylon stocking catch my skin and slip on hers. It was a strange feeling, yet soft. But how the stockings began feeling a little rough on my sensitive penis got a little uncomfortable. I readjusted her feet and coached her to use her toes. I pushed myself between her big and second toes and let her stroke me. The nylon rubbed on my glands, head, creating an interesting sensation. Then when we got to the neck of my glands, the intensity peaked. I guided her to stroke my penis a little lower, but then she would slide it up and cause me squeeze up and lift off the floor. She would continue to control me in this manner. The feeling of moderate pleasure jumping to extreme made me quiver, and she would laugh as I bounced off the floor. But it started to feel more rough on my cock, like burning from the friction of the nylon. She continued her technique and started to get me into my climax. I remember her finishing move was to cap off my head with her right toes, which she did. The nylon felt like a soft cloth as she spread her toes out. I began to explode, feeling the first shot land on my belly. I looked down to see her right toe spread and the web of nylon stretched over my head between her big toe and second toes. I let the second shot out. It penetrated the nylon, but its velocity hindered a lot passing through the web. She applied her grip again and continued to milk the rest out. It was, while, it was a while since we did this and I had a lot stored up. It was my first nylon foot job and it was amazing, but I definitely recommend lube for this act. It was rough on my penis. It felt like rug burns on my cock for a little. I always like how nylons amplified the appearance of a woman's legs and feet, the soft feel to the touch. It was pleasant to my eyes to see women wear them, but when it came down to it, they are harsh if you involve friction on bare skin. From then on, we used lube when we involved nylons in our sexual activity. And that's the thing about nylons. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leo. I'm running out of your stories, so I've been trying to kind of parse them out um, to make them last, and I think that might be the last or near the last of the stories I have for you. So please send me more, Leo. I know you have 
a rich puddle pumping history with lots of wild, fun adventures. So if you feel like sharing, uh, I know that I am interested and I'm sure the listeners are interested in hearing more. So the next email, I've got a couple more emails. Um, next one is from Tevin. He says, hi, Amimi, can you tell us about any one night stands you might've had in the past where you had car trouble the morning after? Did it fire right up? Did you peel out? Details on what you were wearing and how you were feeling in those moments. So I really don't have any one night stands with car trouble stories, real life stories. Um, and I know that may be disappointing, but I wanted to share this email anyway because I thought it was such a great premise for a story. And some of you have taken some story ideas from the podcast and actually written entire stories or maybe just use them for your personal fantasies. But I just thought this was really cool. Um, the idea that, you know, after maybe a, a rendezvous, a one night stand of some sort, and then um, trying to leave in the morning or maybe even later that night, like in the middle of the night, you know, um, and then having car trouble and then the ensuing situation. So if anyone feels inspired to kind of take that in in some direction and write about it, I would love to share a story like that on the podcast. I don't have any personal real life stories, but I, I do really like it as a story premise. So thank you, Tevin, for sharing that uh, question. And maybe we'll get some juicy stories from it. Um, this next email uh, is from uh, Dave and actually Eric. So I have a, I got a couple emails about the Honda battery situation, which has been resolved, uh, took it to the mechanic, got everything sorted out and fixed. But I'm going to read um, some of these emails or parts of these emails. This one's from Dave. He says, good morning, Mimi. I just listened to your latest podcast release this morning. Wonderful as usual. I hope I can be in one soon as well as one of your new patrons and new story writers. <laughs> but I know you are fielding a lot of stuff, so this part is merely one of the nudges you describe. It's super early yet for a nudge from me, so rest assured I'm not being impatient, just taking the opportunity along with the reason I'm really writing. Haha. <laughs> okay, so with the Civic, this looks very similar to something I also experienced. I also have a Civic. Mine is a 2015 SI Coupe with some Honda factory performance goodies on it, and it's been a gem and so much fun both on the street and on the track. But the one place where Honda routinely gets it wrong is their batteries. They're grossly under-engineered for some of the conditions they will see. I went through three of them before switching to a third-party AGM battery and haven't had an issue since. I live in central Canada and temperatures routinely hit minus 40, <laughs> but sometimes excessive heat can be just as rough on a battery. Why do I say all this? And please know this is not to be a know-it-all, just info that I've acquired that may help, and I'd relay it in the same way to any friend, male or female. Sometimes when a battery gets completely drained and it already has some plate damage inside, it never really completely comes back after a charge. I feel like this chance is magnified in this case if it is a stock Honda battery. If we add that onto the fact that the battery was jumped and then driven around, seemed okay after a short while, and then after sitting till the next morning, wouldn't spin the starter, I don't think the Civic's alternator put out enough amps to charge a weak or damaged battery just to maintain what's there and charge only slightly. I've seen this manifest itself just like you described, lights, tones, dash lights, no crank, just clicks. 
In the newer stuff, it sounds almost like just like a bad starter. It may still very well be the starter and chances are by the time you get this, the situation will be alleviated. But if not, please don't throw money at a new or rebuilt starter either until either boosting the Civic again or trying another fully charged battery in it. It's likely that a quality battery is going to be about the same price as a real built starter, but at least if it isn't the starter, then you won't need both. Either way, I'm sorry that you ran into those problems. Car trouble can be sexy, but only certain kinds and only when we want it to be. Haha. <laughs> All the best. We'll check in soon and keep listening as always. Thank you, Dave. Yes. So um, I definitely appreciate the insights and um, Hondas are really fun to drive. Um, like I was saying before, I really don't like the dashboard of the 2007 Civic, but it is a fun car to drive. And I can imagine if you um, take it on the track, it would be uh, even more fun, especially your souped up SI. How fun, cool, thank you so much. Um, and then I also did some corresponding with Eric F and, um, he had some things to say about it as well. And then I explained I when I had jump, we talked about jump starting it. And I said, I used one of those little jumper boxes. I didn't jump it from like the BMW. I jumped it from one of those like little battery boxes. So he says, ah, the little jumper boxes. So there are a few types, the older style, they're bigger in size, like the size of a purse. They're usually rather okay for a four cylinder engines or small six cylinder engines. The other style is the size of a pocketbook, has a lithium ion battery, and they can jump a four cylinder and even a small six cylinder engine. All of this is assuming the battery isn't completely super dead. So with the cold weather your area has, plus your area had snow, those little jumpers wouldn't have stood a chance because the battery just got drained way too much. But definitely keep one with you. Let's say you go to the store and forget to turn the headlights off. You come back to the car, it doesn't start, the headlights drain the battery. Your little jumper would more than likely be able to give the battery a bit of juice to start the motor. But let's say you did the same thing and came back to the car the next day. Unfortunately, it wouldn't have helped. You need another car there and have to have the engine revved a bit and just hope it'd be enough to wake the electrons in the battery up. You could also do it the old fashioned way in the Civic or the Jeep, push start. You'd have to get the car moving at least 10 miles per hour or more, put the stick in second gear and pop the clutch. The engine would be forced to start, but the engine could actually die on you if you don't keep it revved because at idle, the alternator would be asked to charge a cold dead battery and keep the car alive along with the other accessories. So the alternator would be difficult to rotate due to the demand for power and the motor could stall out. So if you ever did push start, also remember to have the key in the on position too. Make sure to keep the engine revved up to prevent it from dying. But try not to do a push start because it will remove some life from the clutch disc. I doubt you'd be able to do it with the Jeep unless the Jeep was warmed up prior. Sorry I haven't contributed to you Mimi. I haven't been in a good place lately, but I kind of see myself as your pseudo automotive consultant. And I had to take the time to comment because I hate seeing people I care about get ripped off or taken by shops. Eric F. Okay, so, um, both of you actually, Dave and Eric, mentioned the weather and um, the weather has actually been like cold for my area, but not really cold. Like it doesn't, we haven't really had a lot of, um, there's been snow, a little bit of snow in California, like in the mountains, but not a lot and not for a long time. So, and, it, and it's also, it doesn't really get that hot here. Um, it's one of the things that's so nice about living in coastal California is that our weather is pretty, pretty moderate, pretty 
temperate throughout the year. So um, I'm going to, those are the only things that I'm going to maybe clarify on. I think all the, you made really great points on the other things and I appreciate you guys uh, looking out for me. Um, I think my mechanic is actually really good. I think I finally found somebody. It's kind of like through the car, local like car community. Um, but he only works on imports. So I still have to take my Jeep to like a specialty shop that works on like old, old classics, you know, but anyway, luckily the Jeep is for right now, the Jeep is fine. We'll see. Sometimes I am, I need to maybe get the carb adjusted and that's, well, that's for another conversation, but back to the civic, um, Eric, your story remind the push start, you know, where you put the, the car into second gear and then push it and pop the clutch to get it going. Oh my gosh. I have, I have like massive memories of doing that, um, in high school in my boyfriend's Scirocco, he had a 1980 Volkswagen Scirocco and I don't know what was going on with it, but all I know is that like, we would have to push start it like that. And and to be like a bunch of friends and um oh my gosh so that I really kind of got a kick out of reading about like your description of that because I was like oh my gosh that's like that was me in high school <laughs> and then you have to like keep the car revving and driving around like the parking lot at the movie theater or whatever and you're like push push starting the car and you're like the bunch of teenagers pretty funny stuff um so thanks for the good memories Eric <laughs> That was that was uh, kind of fun to read. So that's a wrap. That's a um, I'm kind of at the end of the episode this week. But I just want to thank you guys for your contributions, for looking out for me. I do appreciate that. Uh, I just love this community so much. I, I feel like I am a broken record saying that again and again. But it's true. It's just it's such a great um, you guys are great. You guys are really great. I hope that y'all have a fantastic weekend. Treat yourself to some pedal pumping goodness because if you're lucky enough to have a pedal pumping fetish, then you are you are my people. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves and we'll meet back here same place, same time next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.